Hi, my name is Oliver Kapp from Indulgent Reagan Records in Hamburg, and you're listening to the decisive podcast special with your host, Roberto Ingram. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another decisive podcast series special. Today, it's March 7th, Thursday, that is, and I'm happy that you are with us today after a rigorous weekend at MixCon DJ convention at BMW World on March 1st and 2nd. My team pulled off a 16-hour live stream that was hot and unlike anything at the MixCon. Thanks to all of you that participated. You know who you are. If you want to know more about that, please go to our website at decisiveseries.de. Also, you can go to the MixCon Facebook page. They have a recap of what happened on that weekend. I must send my respects and thanks to Pioneer Mateus for uh, providing the technique for us. Big ups to you and your crew. Today we have on the program Oliver Cap. This guy has been around for a long time, since the early 90s. He's from Hamburg and he's probably responsible for some of the most coolest Detroit and Chicago sound that hit Germany at its time. Been affiliated with people like Jeff Mills, Richie Harden, Adam Baer, Neil Longstrom, and many others. Fabrique, Fabrice League, Lightman. This guy is, uh, knows his shit. He's uh, back on the scene and we will listen to his DJ mix. But before that, we will learn more about the man behind the music. With that said, let's listen in to the interview with Oliver Kopp from Raygun and Indulge Records, Hamburg. Oliver, welcome. Hey, welcome, Robert. <laughs> man, tell me something. 1969. 1969. Um, yeah, it was... Ben, a... Bensheim is where you're from. Frankfurt. This is near Frankfurt, right? No, yeah, it's, it's Bensheim. It's called Bergstraße. Yeah. Um, I, I was born there yeah. um, and lived there for 10 years. Yeah. And then uh, we moved to Hamburg. I lived there for another 10 years. And with 19, um, we moved to Munich uh, for five years. And then I moved to uh, Nuremberg. What was the reason for moving to Hamburg? Uh, yeah, my father had a, a, a publishing company. Okay. Um, so he had business, a new business in Hamburg. So we moved here and- uh, also... Publish, Publishing company, this also yeah. music? Oh, no, no, it was uh, books. So my father had a, a book publishing company, and uh, that's the reason why we move a lot in Germany. Also, sometimes we live in uh, Vienna for short, and uh, yeah. Was music always in your household? Any any musicians? Uh, anybody oh, that, that yeah, you influenced know, you? Yeah, definitely, because my parents, uh, yeah, do party a lot, you know, um, and uh, we have a lot of uh, really big house parties in our house, you know, in the early <laughs> 70s. You know? Now, that's the first <laughs> interview I've had where they said our parents was there at parties at, the, at our house. Yeah, you know, with, with, with about uh, 100 people, you know, and uh, we had wow. DJs already, and really it was uh, big events. What kind of uh, house did you have? Two-story homes with 100 people inside. <laughs> uh, uh, my, my, it was always a really important um, element music okay. in our house. so even we we have breakfast there was always music and every every music for every atmosphere there was classic my father uh 
uh, playing um, um, Spanish guitar. So we okay. have a lot of uh, Paco de Lucia stuff, and uh, you know, it, it was always music around. And um, I, I focused on music and on the record collection from my father really, really early. Oh so, yeah, your father. Yeah. Your father also collected record. What what types of can you remember what type of music he was collecting? Yeah, or, definitely, you, definitely. Um, it was a lot of jazz. Jazz, okay. A lot of uh, Miles Davis, uh, Klaus Doldinger stuff, uh, also the Bossa Nova stuff, a lot of Bossa Nova stuff, uh, guitar music, uh, jazz from Poland, um, really abstract at this time, but uh, yeah, but also Beatles, Elvis, you know, and of course the, 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 the party music like uh, Bonnie M, you know, when all the, uh, yeah, all the Blondie and uh, Bob Marley. So it was really, uh, yeah, a really big spectrum of uh, music. What was this like for you as a young kid to see your parents, um, you know, invite people over to party and you have DJs? I mean, was this like really a great thing for you i mean was it like fascinating or was yeah, it weird or was it definitely it was i was always uh, nervous about the parties because they're uh, all friends and uh, they bring sometimes their dogs and you know it was uh, a big family and always nice to see um uh, that people had fun you know okay. and dance and you know um have their drinks and their talking and uh, yeah it was always uh, always important you know um was that your father's collection was that also influence for you to collect your own music because i noticed in 19 what is it 83 you started collecting records yeah 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 definitely and and even earlier you know when i when i uh heard something on on the radio you know like like um i remember santa esmeralda you know that that uh, I heard it on the on the on the radio station, and I say, yeah, we have to buy the cassette. So my father has to go out, and uh, yeah, he bought the, the cassette of that of that album. So it was really really early. I was really specific um, on which music I like and which I don't like. Uh, for example, with rock, um, I always ha had my problems, you know, or <laughs> I, I was never really. You know, a, a rock guy or a queen guy or a foreigner guy. Uh, even even these bands have super uh, uh, records, but um, yeah, for me it was always that you know that that pumpy disco, high energy, electronic mm -hmm. funk. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can you remember radio stations that you would always make sure you had? On, on your radio, on your radio dial? Uh, to be honest, well, my, my, there was always on Wednesday, there was, I don't know, it starts at 10, 10 o'clock in the night. Yeah. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was maybe from Frankfurt, Hayat uh, Rai, or it came from Wiesbaden. I, I don't remember. There was some kind of, that kind of music we love. So I my, know like in Detroit, they had their favorite uh, radio announcer, uh, DJ, um, what's his name? Uh, Mojo. Mojo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's kind of interesting so, that what so, that would be like here in Germany for yeah, someone so I, like you. 
I, I don't listen that much to radio, to be honest. Even even in my cars, I never really touch the radio. Yeah, but you said you were influenced by some radio stations, and you would, when you hear something on the radio, that you would go out and buy. Yeah, that was that was on the way, just you know, from okay. from school at, at home, or you know, that that was just in the car from my mother. Um, so, I so don't this know. so this means you spent a lot of time in record stores, or yeah. Okay. Mostly, mostly my whole life, man. Okay. Especially when I when I start collecting records, I had uh, always a tape with me, uh, with um, you know all my all little snippets uh, from 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 records I'm looking for. So I go to the big record changes, to the little import shops, to the secondhand shops. Um, I At ask, that time, can you name a can you name a few of those stores? Because it's 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 yeah. hard to come by now. At, at this time, it was in in Hamburg, and um, the, one of the main main uh, uh, sources was Tractor. It was a, uh -huh. a yeah. it was a it was a record store. Uh, just I think it was one of the first record stores just have uh, 12 inches. So they just mm -hmm. have 12 inches, and uh, it no goes CDs. Uh, no, no, no. CDs are, are not uh, not available at this time. You know, it was oh. just just straight. So okay. later they had some some albums too, but it was just a, a big collection, and it starts from A uh, to Z, you know, and, mm -hmm. and everything was inside, you know. It was disco, it was Kraftwerk, it was yeah, Madonna, uh, Prince, everything, you know. But mostly uh, imports uh, stuff uh, from states. There was there was really one one of the best shops. Uh, also the the. The collection they had um, was was amazing. What um, fascinated me about your bio that I was reading that I was totally in 1983. I was totally into Mantronics, totally yeah. into Nucleus, totally into Yellow, <laughs> Arthur Baker. Oh, how did you discover these types of musicians and music and these records? I mean, amazing. Yeah. It, Yeah, it was it was I was lucky, you know, because I, I was playing baseball at this time, and my baseball coach was also um, working behind the bar at the front club. Mm -hmm. So um, and from from him I got a lot of um, tapes from the out of the front. First from um, DJ Björn, who was the first uh, DJ at front, and later from Klaus Stockhausen, and um, this. Uh, yeah, with, with that information and this, this this wonderful tracks on my on my in my hands, I yeah I start growing up in that in that kind yeah, of in uh, era. sound. Yeah. Uh, the same with Les and Dangerous, Los Niños. These are really important tracks for my yeah yeah for my education. You know. Okay. Uh -huh. And you started. At the same time you were collecting, how long were you collecting before you started DJing? I noticed you started, you were doing, uh, doing school parties, right? Yeah, I do school parties. So so I think the, the first mixer I bought, um, yeah, 1984 maybe, or three. I, it was it was really close to that because um, a friend of mine already had one and I was always fascinating, you know, uh, bring tracks together. Um, and uh, yeah, I started really early. Hmm. Uh, these parties, how often were they? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we had house parties. It was, yeah, you know, with with 50 
people, something like that, you know, really small things. But then, I mean, these were these were the these were the parties at the schools. Yeah, the school parties, or when when someone had birthday, you know, stuff like that, you know, and and their parents to say, oh yeah, you're a DJ, and maybe you can do the music. I say, yeah, I can do the music, of course. And um, this is this is it's, it really starts slowly, but you know, I, the funny thing is, uh, I never would like to become a DJ. You know, I like the mixing, but I I, I never had the dream to become a DJ mm -hmm. in a club. So it was not so really important. It was just the uh, music and mixing music together, and uh, yeah, and, and 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 bring that smile uh, to the people. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's still for me the, the the most important part to be a DJ. You know, to entertain people in a good way. You know. Now in uh, 1986, you began changing your collection style to Chicago, uh, and. What can you say was your biggest pick, uh, your biggest record pick from uh, Shy Town? Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, in, in the in the beginning, um, there was not really that that house hype, you know. So we we had these records before uh, house was so big. Um, so I would, mm -hmm. would say. Um, Really fascinating at this time was um, Adonis, No Way Back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still like today because it was so amazing. Too far gone. Yeah. No Way Back. And the bass line, and it was really, and, and Chip E. Chip E. Uh, was also amazing. Uh, fall in love with, with Little Louis from the beginning. Also on his old Dance Mania um, records, I always uh, picked the, the, the Little Louis um, uh, version. Oh. And yes, uh, these from the from the really first first days, but also Risk of Three, Essence of a Dream, uh, all these nice records. But yeah, it, everything everything was good. Even the even the uh, the '85 stuff, you know, from from labels like um, uh, DJ International, you know, hmm. uh, Mark Imperial, you know, it was nice. not really house. Okay, housey beats, but it was also a little bit um, Italo disco yeah. style. You know, it was not always that straight house stuff. But um, yeah, I like I like the minimal and the the, the, the strange stuff the did most. The, 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 the Italo disco did that also land up in your in your collection? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know, when I was so young, so I connect at this time with a lot of old guys like Gary D from Hamburg. Or, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and, how, how old were you then? I was fifteen. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Fifteen years old, huh? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, I, I was I was uh, just uh, just. You weren't you getting know. you. You were just getting into pu puberty. No girls. Nothing. It was just records. Music. Yeah, just uh. records. Sometimes girls, <laughs> uh, mostly records. Baseball, <laughs> baseball, school, girls, and records. Uh, okay. And you know, and you know, because I I cannot really straight straight with with the people. Um, okay. And to find the next uh, record, to find the next uh, track on my cassette, so I get in in touch with with older people, 
and they they show me their collections they show me labels like prelude or cell soul and then i learned that uh, a lot of that house stuff also came from these these uh, uh, records and the bass lines are the same or just samples and uh, yeah and then suddenly it's you see the whole cosmos you know okay. and it's logic that um, one brings it to another you know okay one is influenced by the other this tell me uh, tell me more about this import uh, record store uh, called tractor was this a, a help for you in collecting records and getting the first hand on what was in and what was not what was hot gonna be hot yeah definitely um, but at this time I was always looking for older stuff you know okay. so at this time I was always looking uh, for example um, Man Parish, uh, Boogie Down. I, I was looking for that record, man. Um, and <laughs> Boogie Down production. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, and no, no, uh, Boogie Down from Man Parish. Okay, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, okay. and I was looking for that, man. And it was out of out of print. And uh, oh boy. So uh, I, you know, I had yeah, maybe maybe six or seven secondhand shops here. So I was digging there also uh, twice a week, you know. And um, yeah, spent a lot of lot of lot of time to dig and looking and and in these shops you always uh, found other freaks and you connect sometimes oh, yeah. looking for something oh, yeah. and you know and and then yeah it was suddenly a big family and um, it's, it was an amazing time but Tractor is it was good for for new stuff and I also worked there uh, for half a year so. Uh, be- they, they can order me everything so uh, it was a good uh, source to get really a, a record uh, you don't realize a half year before and they they can find it for me now when you made orders were they did it take a while a long time for them to come in once you ordered them a week sir um, yeah. How's you know, so, so, sometimes it was a week, sometimes it was uh, two, three weeks. Depen- like, depending on if they were in, uh, exports or. Yeah, all. all, all uh, or uh, yeah, I just collect uh, US uh, records. That was also uh, my my fetish a little bit. Um, just uh, the original US stuff. So. And what uh, distribution I, were you ordering from at this time? You remember? Yeah. The distribution? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you mean uh, um, Pantera? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but but Pantera in, in Zurich that that was my Munich time. So that that was um, that was that was that was totally crazy. Well, you you said you worked in the import store, so I was wondering how Tractor got yeah, there. Yeah, Tractor was in Hamburg. Okay. A tractor was um, eighty six, um, and the Pantera story is about uh, ninety. Okay. Eighty eight, eighty nine, uh, something like that. So you you moved to Munich. Yeah. Uh, I, do you? Collecting these records, you um, ended up in Munich. You were throwing parties in the school, and then you started throwing parties in Munich as well. How did that work out for you? Yeah, you know, in the beginning, um, it was really a shock because um, Hamburg was Hamburg and Munich was Munich. And um, What's the, What so, were the differences? Yeah, the difference is also the, the whole... Um, DJ culture, so okay. in That's Munich, you, you you know they they they. I don't want to, you know. They it, didn't it, really have this. It was a totally different style, you know. Okay. And in Hamburg, I think uh, we had a really good uh, structure on record stores. Um, a lot of DJs, um, okay. and they they're really into it. And in Munich, it was more like. 
you know, it's cool to be a DJ and they don't work really hard for that, you know, they just play the old print stuff and old, you know, like the P1, uh, it was always boring, you know, so I, I really, I don't, I don't really feel the, the house music and the scene in Munich when I, when I um, landed there. So uh, first, first thing I, I go to uh, World of uh, Music at this time, and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. World yeah. of Music, I remember that one. And, and, and just and just go to the to the house section and say, oh yeah, cool old house stuff. And I bought three records, and then I I, I figured out there are no new records coming in. Hmm. So these are old backstock, I don't know, and no one was really interesting. So um, I was really frustrating for me and I say, okay, no problem. So I quit, you know, it's no problem. I can quit easy. And then I start selling some, some of my record collection. And in that selling process, um, I met a guy, also from Hamburg, lived there uh, for, for 10 years. And he was really, he was, I think, 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. uh, already had his um, 50,000 records. Mm. And um, and he told me, hey, yeah, it's just... and and he told me, yeah, you know, it's it's no problem. We can we can start something here. And there was a was a little in Heidhausen. There was a little um, record store called Scratch. Um, and the, the owner just uh, opened until uh, Friday. And Saturday he was always uh, closed, so mm. we take over mm. and some kind of pop-up pop store. Mm -hmm. For that we go to on Friday night, we go to um, we go to Pantera, bought all <laughs> all the Transmat stuff, all the Chicago stuff, Armando stuff, all that nice records, you know. And then we came with uh, I don't know two three hundred records, and then we opened that store and bring uh, the Chicago and. Uh, uh, the Detroit sound uh, to Munich and it was really a nice time. Wow, you must have put Munich on the map then when it comes to Chicago house music then. That's, I yeah. mean... There, there, there are also other stores, you know, like the record store, I think... Was record store was the Tom Novi and the guys back Novi, uh, he was also open open at this time. But, you know, they, they have had another focus because, uh, yeah, Munich was, was more hip-hop than house. Yeah, I remember this, yeah. And, you know, and uh, I remember I, I went once to a, to a house party uh, and they played the, the, the house dub of With Me Houston. And that, that was one of the best uh, records that evening. So I say, oh, yeah, it, it was different, you know. Okay, uh, so so you moved on. You went from Chicago and you moved on to Detroit. What yeah, influences, it, what Detroit influences uh, sparked you the, your interest? You know, it, 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 it was the same. I, I think it was the same time, you know, when I, when I you know, I, I bought, I think the first uh, Detroit record was um, the, the nude photo. Right. <laughs> accident, you know, oh, yeah. it was, uh, and, and that was also uh, 87, something like that. Mm. Um, so I never really, I just feel that that the Detroit stuff is more uh, my, my sound, because at this time also a lot of uh, hip house stuff came up. And I never really into that, you know, all the sellout from Tyree and Fast Eddie and Tyree Cooper still exists, still relevant today. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, right? 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a killer. But, you know, I, I, I was more into video clash, you know, okay. and stuff like that, more the radical stuff. Okay. And um, and for me, you know, one of my favorite Little Lewis songs was um, was Frequency. And frequency. Uh, you check, if you check Frequencies and then Nude Photo, it's really close, you know. It's from, from that, that techno vibe that right. he... Yeah, you hear that and you say, what the fuck is going on here? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. I was on the dance floor and say, right. what the fuck? And, right. um, and this is how I automatically, you know, collect, yeah, all the, all the labels out there, you know, like, like uh, Incognito, the first Blake Baxter stuff, or, you know, Metroplex, sometimes, not always. Um, and transmit, of course, yeah, and KMS, you know, and that's and all the sub labels around. But that that's it, you know. It's, it was a, a really small, um, yeah, cosmos. Okay. At this time, you know? Now I can only imagine that the records that you were buying, you were playing also uh, with your collective called Party Victim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in in Nuremberg as well. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, in in, in Nuremberg, um, yeah, I, I came to Nuremberg because uh, there was a, a party group called Party Wichtel, and they're looking for uh, a, a DJ uh, who was specialized in Chicago and Detroit. So we had okay. um, one party, and it was really a big success at Mach 1 at this time. And um, yeah, and these these guys planning a, a techno club. So um, and they asked me if. Uh, I like to to play there um, every week and I say yeah it's no problem. So in the beginning I, I just uh, go every Friday from from Munich uh, to Nuremberg and play there. And we opened that club um, yeah end of uh, 1990. Toxic. That was a toxic club yeah. And it was really uh, yeah it was an amazing time. So we had uh, it was really yeah for about uh, 400. 450 people, so not too big, and really nice scene. And then we start doing bookings. Uh, also had Jeff Mills really early, and um, yeah. How, was, how, would, how did this sound go over? Did it go over well, remember? Or did uh, it take a while, or was it a struggle to build and, and yeah, to maintain? You know, yeah, you know, in the beginning, um, because uh, my, my partner, uh, my DJ partner at this time, uh, DJ XXL, uh, he, um, he was more on the Belgium and UK side, so uh, and and I was more on the Chicago and Detroit side. So we mixed them everything together. So it was it was okay. It was okay, and the people really love it. Um, and some people don't understand maybe some bonus beats from Amando I played at this time, or when you play the first time working motherfucker, you yeah. know they say, okay, what is that? Um, but in the end, you know, oh, it worked out. Yeah. yeah, work that motherfucker. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the bomb. Yeah, definitely. So, you, so you, you were booking heavyweights like Jeff Mills, Derek May, Armando, Farley, Jack Master Funk, Swin yeah. Fade, Paul Van Dyke, Dr. Mato, uh, Mo, uh, Mote from Love Parade. Man, this, that's big. Yeah, but at this time, at it wasn't no, no big deal, you know? It was just, yeah. It was just like a little bit like a family, you know. It was. It comes. Everything comes really together, and um, 
people from Berlin come came to Nuremberg, or we we go to we go to uh, Berlin. So it was a big family, you know. And it was um, yeah, we, we just do, you know. We don't think about it that much. We we just we just did it, you know. And how long did this? I'm gonna say amazing club um, last. Yeah, I think uh, we had three years, maybe three years. Three good. Three good years. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Good. And then, um, yeah, then the, 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 the race scene got bigger and bigger. So the people always, yeah, go raving over the weekend, and they go to to Frankfurt, they go to parties in in Vienna or in Linz or in Salzburg, um, and. That was the time, um, yeah, it, you know, the, 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 the old club um, concept was not working anymore, and I don't want to do it bigger and bigger. I mean, exactly. I, that was that was good enough. That was a big enough size. It was family yeah. thing. People were coming all the time. We had to, uh, adore, uh, the club uh, running good, uh, hot, and so why why take more? Yeah. Yeah. So and and I don't feel it, you know. I, I I did some some bigger parties, like with Motto or uh, the 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 one at Ibis with uh, Sven was was big. But it was I don't feel it, you know. It was um, I like more the smaller club side, and um, so I I stop, you know. I stop uh, promoting and. Uh, for yeah just for a couple of uh, months and then uh, a new house club uh, came and yeah and so on so in the end uh, yeah and also i i, I take over of uh, of uh, the boat for half a year and uh, yeah now <laughs> that was a great um journey through the records now let's get to production when did you start production and why Yeah, I started production um, 95, and uh, the reason was I was it, it was for me a dead end, you know. I, I, I at this time I work in my in my record store, so I receive a lot of records, but I can't feel it anymore, and uh, I get tired of picking always the same labels, always ah. the same people, ah. you know. And in the end, you end up at the at Yeah, it was always the Kyle Craig stuff. It was always that new Jeff Mills, and I say, yeah, you know, but there just weren't enough material coming out of Detroit and Chicago this time. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, diversity. I, was, no, so I, I say, okay, maybe I stop, or I go further and do my own stuff. And so I, you know, at, at, at this time I had a, a little tour with Jeff Mills in, in Austria, and I asked him all time, yeah. How can I start? Or what's a good mixer? Or what's a good sampler? And and he gave me some advices. So I, yeah, I, I the next Monday, you know, when I when I back home, I just go straight to the store and and bought all the stuff at once. Jeff awesome. Mills said, "Buy this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, you're getting it firsthand, though. You're getting yeah. it from the horse's mouth, man. That's incredible. But it's not, but it's not always good, you know. <laughs> no. Just... It was the biggest, biggest mistake because um, you know I, I don't even know what what is needy or what what does it means you know okay, and yeah. thank you so much stuff you know everything brand new and I was like a little child on Christmas I say wow but how does it work you know and then it it's 
it's a struggle and uh, yeah I, I had a, a digital um, uh, mixer from from Yamaha and I don't like it at all because I, I am I need you know knobs and you know to move and not ah, it, so I, I give a lot of that stuff away and then find my own way you know gave it away or sold it away I sold it away okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was right next to you. If you're going to give it away, hand it over. <laughs> That's a learning. So the learning process was a little bit overwhelming for you. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of, because, you know, I, I, I think, how can I manage to start that? And I, I don't have any advisors or partners. And so everything was new. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a hard time. And I always spent too much money in new stuff. Okay, so, you, so you hadn't you hadn't had any uh, professional music experience in school or played any instruments or anything like this. Yeah, I, I no. Yeah, I, I, I played piano. Okay. Uh, but oh, yeah, great. A long time ago. So uh, it's 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 not really there. It's just the rhythm and you know what you experience from DJing or that that's it. You know. Well then, how did you release? on and why did you create ray gun and indulge yeah it it, it was also a funny story I, I i just you know i just you sold the old equipment and bought some new stuff that you could handle yeah okay. yeah and uh, you know I, I had my studio and i just uh, start making music every day and i start um uh, to learn you know how how to learn the feeling i am in the beginning i i just start i don't know maybe with soul to soul and bands like this and just try to make a remix out of it okay. you know just to learn uh the feeling and you know the cueing or the compressing and all that stuff and um yeah it was funny and some someday or some night i i had this one track and i was really proud of it and i say wow with this track this track, I would spend 20 bucks, you know, in a in a okay. record. Right. And, and that and that was the and that was the that was the start. And this night, uh, I was really, really, you know, really hyper. And I say, oh yeah, I have to to start my my label. And I called Ron Murphy in Detroit and asked him to to do a cut. I say, how it, how does it work, you know? I say, I just just send me the money, send the debt, and we go from there. I say, okay, that easy. <laughs> And then uh, from there it goes directly to Dixie uh, pressing plant in Tennessee. And uh, Bob, the, the manager, called me and said, "Yeah, the, your records are ready. What what should we do with that?" I say, "I don't know, man. I'm glad they are there." So I, I was looking for a distribution, and um, yeah, it was not so easy. So I tried to sell it by myself. Ah, so you drove your car around with the records in the trunk. Pull yes. to a corner, yeah. over like selling mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I just asked the guys, and he, he told me, yeah, normally it goes from here to Watts. I said, okay, no problem. I call Watts, it's the biggest in New York, and um, yeah, and they say, yeah, send me a promo, and they ordered, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's just really slowly, but in, in the beginning, I got everything in my hands. Well, you went from Ron Murphy to Dan Bell, uh, Seventh City Distribution as well. Yeah, after the, the first release, um, uh, Container Records uh, came to me and asked me if right. they could do uh, distribution. And um, they helped me a lot. 
Container Records were, were, was where? Uh, Container Records was in Hamburg. Hamburg, okay, Hamburg. Yeah. So, and uh, Kai Frieger uh, really likes the stuff, and um, yeah, he, he helps me a lot. And uh, also, uh, yeah, he, he's, he, he was in contact with Dan Bell, so we can do the Seven City distribution. Fantastic. And um, this is how, how it was done back in the days. I got many Seven City records, and then you, then you uh, um, started another club again? with DJ Hell and Electric Indigo and Woody. I remember yeah. Woody back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Munich guy. Yeah, yeah. You, you know him from, yes, from Munich? Yes, of course, yeah. and okay. Electric Indigo from uh, from Vienna, right? At this time, I think Electric Indigo was from Vienna. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. DJ Hell. So, as far as I'm concerned, you were on the right path. You've had some of the as I'm concerned now, uh, still relevant to this day, Dan Bell, uh, in your, in, right in your midst, Ron Mur uh, Murphy. Uh, how does that feel? I mean, at that time, they were just like, at this time, they were just normal, everyday. Did you see them as uh, important people in your steps forward? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm really proud of it, but, you know, it's it's... As you know, at this time it was uh, a regular business, you know, and um, even you, you know with with Dan Bell, it, 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 I was really really proud of that uh, because um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it gave the whole whole uh, label uh, a little bit more shine, you know. Yeah, more on to uh, uh, more on to Richie Hartman, Adam Blair, and, and Neil Longstrom, man. Yeah. I remember all these characters when I was coming up buying. And I had just kind of dove into techno from when I was in America, and these names, that's why I'm so amazed that you were, uh, now I see that they were also uh, really helpful into moving your, moving your uh, great music through your channels, Indulge and Raygun. Your first release on Raygun was what? Or, uh, shall we say, Indulge first was what? Uh, the Indulge was uh, the Merch EP. Yeah. Which we will hear in, the, in this conversation. <laughs> and um, now, focusing, uh, while you were focusing on this label, um, was it, was it, did you, how long did you, until you stopped the label? Because I know there, must have been like 2000 and I, I hadn't heard more about Raygun or Indulge yeah um, so it's you know it was it was uh, maybe it was 2003 or 4 okay something like that and um, yeah I, I, I went to a lot of different distributions and um, yeah and it was always that, that time you know when, when the mp3 uh, war began and you know it, it suddenly no one was really uh, buying records you know mm -hmm. and the download stuff and uh, record stores closed um, and it was not a healthy time but it was also not a time for maybe this kind of Detroit sound you know uh, DJ Gigolo was really big at this time Electro Clash all these new influences and I 
don't want to go that way. Okay, I, okay, now I understand. So I say, okay, um, a little bit slower, but you know, it's um, yeah, that's what that's why I stop. But I never really stop. I start um, also with the digital, but digital is yeah, you know, no one really uh, realized, you know. We do a remix with Fabrice and uh, also DJ 3000 from Underground Resistance. Right. No, no one really realized it in that really uh, big part of new music. You know. Was the sound not evolving or not strong enough to match the change of times, change in times in this period? Or, you know, you had a good thing going there, and and you can't obviously can't stay in the same zone, and there has to be some sort of change. Yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe I was too arrogant too, you know. Maybe maybe I just say no, I don't want to do that, you know. So I stop and uh, yeah. I mean, you I, had Fabrice Lee, Lightman, uh, Tour Pesner. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean the, the list goes on and on. I'm Ben O'Bloomin from Cinder, uh, Logistic. I mean, for me, I have I still you see my collection back there now. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I they, they're sitting right there, and so I, I praise you on um, um, the struggle, shall I say? And what can we expect from you currently? Is there anything new coming? We're in we're in a new uh, day and age now. We're a little bit older. Are you rekindling the fire or what? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, there will be a, a release out of Cocoon records um, in two weeks uh, called Manta GP and Great, uh, congratulations yeah thank you and um, yeah and I have a lot lot of other stuff in the pipeline I can talk about right now but um, yeah I, I still making more music and um, then the last years and uh, yeah I'm bringing indulgent Reagan back so we had uh, a new D5 coming in two weeks and also Lightman is, is really, really active in these days. So yeah. I'm going to have to send you some tracks. Um, yeah. Um, where do you see Indulge and Raygun headed into the future? Are you going to raise the bar now? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I still focus on my same old buddies. And um, and also looking for new talents, and like to do uh, really a new uh, yeah the next next wave you know for the label. Yeah. Could you could you say now uh, any names that newer names that any names that spark you? Yeah, but you know I'm not really in contact with any of these guys, and um, I don't have. Uh, any favorite uh, people I want to see on my label and contact, contact these guys. Uh, for that, everything is too fresh, you know. Right now, we, we, we start um, doing uh, the back catalog, new, do new remastering, uh, all that stuff. And when that is done, uh, I will focus on, on the future because right now it's a little bit in between. Um, also, so my releases, uh, my new ones are, it's a, it's a lot of work, you know, and I don't want to. Uh, yeah, you know, I need time a little bit and, you know, relax and, you know. Okay. okay. Um, today, you presented me with a mix, DJ Mix. Yeah. Um, are you playing out a lot? Um, yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you planning on getting back on the road? Or? 
yeah, a lot is, is I don't play a lot, you know, but uh, I play from time to time. Uh, but uh, yeah. It's, would, you, it's, would you like that to pick up? Pardon? Would you like that to pick up? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, I was playing my whole life, you know, and um, had over a thousand gigs worldwide. So it was a good time, you know. And uh, still, I like to smile on the dancer's face, you know. <laughs> what did you, what were you thinking uh, on the, this mix that you presented for the Decisive Podcast series today? Where are you in? Uh, what did you, what is your concept behind the mix today? And where did you mix it? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't pick all the tracks, you know, it, it, it's just the mood and uh, I, I uh, did it at my at my living room and it's always a problem, you know, I, I don't like to mix against the wall or, you know, it's, it's for me totally different because uh, I need audience, you know, I need people to react. So I try always uh, to bring energy in a mix, you know, and um, and the songs, if yeah, it starts with craft work uh, as a tribute, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it ends with an old um, with an old uh, Detroit song. Uh, so and in between, it's mostly uh, new stuff I would play on every party, you know. Okay, good. good. So this is something people can expect to hear from you when you were playing in the club. Yeah, maybe in the club. It's it's. Yeah, yeah, sounds like that. You know, it's 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 like I said before. It's it's totally different when you when you um, when you mix in your living room um, to get the energy and it's, for that it's it's softer and not so uh, pumpy. But uh, yeah, anyway, the tracks uh, would be the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good. Well, I thank you so much for uh, lending us your time and it's a uh, fascinating story. To, uh, for me, uh, to be honest, because um, after all, I have the records in my, <laughs> in my <laughs> collection, and to hear how your whole thing developed and where it came from is uh, really cool. And I hope that much success comes to you in the future, and that Thanks. we see really great music, modern music. Because uh, I'm quite frank, to be honest with you, I think that we're also stuck in the '90s and. It's uh, important that the music moves forward. I see yeah. that some of the Detroit uh, influencers are now really starting to move forward and get more modern, more current. And I think this is a great thing for what we do. And, yeah. Uh, with that said, I really thank you for being on the Decisive uh, Podcast Series and look forward to hearing your mix. Thank you, man. <laughs> Perfect. All right.
Chicago, par de 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 Thank you. 